All right. So first up, it's the best of CES. January, one of my favorite times of the year. It's cold here in New England, but there's awesome new technology. So I think Engadget did a really good job with rounding up some of the coolest stuff in CES. Edna, are you a big fan of CES? I actually have never heard of this before. You've never heard of CES? No. So for those of you out there who haven't heard of CES, it's a con- consumer electronics show. <clears throat> this is one of the biggest trade shows in the world. It's in Las Vegas every year because if you're going to have a gigantic trade show, of course, it's in Las Vegas. And the CES is um, basically every consumer electronics company promoting their fancy new gadgets. And it's one of the most awesome shows to be at in person because you get to you get to touch the the gadgets and robots and machines and like shake hands with a robot and the cars go to, uh auto manufacturers go to this show and you know computers go to the show and there's all sorts of gadgets right like if you can think of every like look around your table literally you know uh dozens of things on my table right now that probably would show at ces and i've never been there in person one of my goals is to get there in person maybe i'll start a gofundme and uh you can contribute to my fund of uh sending James to, to CES. So anyway, 2023, uh, pretty cool. There's a lot of uh, accessibility tech. Uh, L'Oreal has this uh, really interesting device that uh, counteracts shaking. So people with cerebral palsy or Alzheimer's or you know any, any condition that doesn't give them steady hands, they can't put on lipstick. And so there's this, um, uh, I guess it's a gyroscope inside of this handle that holds this uh, lipstick so you can put on lipstick uh, straighter. I don't wear a lot of lipstick. Edna, do you think this would be cool if you had shaky hands? Um, yes, it would be. Uh, cool. Uh, my biggest question about technology is practicality in terms of like, well, you can just ask someone else to do it for you, but I understand if you want to do this on your own, then yeah. Yeah, if you are flying solo, then this is this is the way to go, right? Uh, lots of really interesting accessibility tech, like Sony also came out with the PS5 controller for uh, built for accessibility. So this is something uh, I actually teach a UI UX course. Um, and one of the things that I teach in a course is that people don't realize um, that it is important to design for the masses, but we can't leave out the people who have challenges, right? So uh, one of my favorite examples of this is uh, something you can probably look around a room and see is one of the worst designed uh, products or one worst designed uh, accessibility tools out there is a doorknob. This this action of turning a doorknob is actually very difficult for people. Um, you know, lots of people, if you've ever sprained your wrist or, you know, you've ever been in an accident, you know that you know, turning turning opening doors is going to be really, really difficult. That's why if you go to public spaces, um, uh, you'll probably see more uh, like bar doors where you can kind of push the bar and then it'll open or unlock. Uh, or there's handles that look like levers. A lot easier because you can use your elbow to open those things. You can't use your elbow to open the doorknob. Uh, so if you live in a place that is, uh, I live in New England. So in New England, lots of old houses here. Um, you'll see lots of doorknobs. So it's one of my examples that I use all the time. Uh, it's one of those design features that, uh, yes, you're designing for the masses, but uh, in doing so, you are really alienating right the uh, the marginalized, which is not so good. So uh, love that L'Oreal, Sony is thinking about those things. It's pretty cool. 
Uh, and there's also kind of extended into health tech and beauty tech. Uh, lots of gadgets. I saw videos of um, being able to print nails on or print designs right onto your nail. So like tiny little printers printing onto your nail, which I think is kind of interesting. Again, I don't go to a lot of salons to get my nails done, but Edna, maybe you can chime in here and let me know if you think printing on nails is going to be a thing for the future. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> It's cool. It's a cool idea. It's a maybe. It's a hard maybe. <laughs> uh, so in, in Gadget also, uh, or at CES, there's also lots of, always every year, lots of tech around TVs. Mm. They get bigger and bigger and thinner and thinner and brighter and brighter and all that. Um, the themes this year, which is really cool, one was wireless. Wireless is kind of the big theme today uh, in, at CES this year. And TVs, if you notice, this TV has no wires. And how do they do that? Uh, if you look at the back corner here, there's a there's a little uh, uh, streaming box that you plug everything into. And so there's all sorts of wires <laughs> coming out of that. And it will send the signal directly to um, the screen. So if you're looking at the screen here, I think the screen is thinner than a laptop. So it's, it's like wicked thin. Wow. Um, and no uh, no cords, except for the power cords, cleverly kind of uh, hidden on one of the stands here. So it looks very, very clean. Uh, but if you're thinking, that's lame, uh, there's one power cord. There is, oh, uh, Engadget doesn't have this, but there's actually a another TV uh, that I thought was worth mentioning. <clears throat> it is the, we're going to edit this awkward silence house, uh, silence house later. It's called the Displace TV. So the Displace TV, really cool. It has suction cups built into the TV in the back. And you can suction it to like a window or a wall. Um, and it has absolutely no wires. So how do you get power? You use their giant battery pack. This battery pack looks like, um, uh, I might as well just, I have the internet. So I might as well just open this up and... Um, you know, okay, can I just say I would not trust suction cups to hold up my TV? Especially if it was like super expensive. You know, I'm with you, but look at this thing. It's um, yeah, it's just holding up on onto uh, onto a window, and supposedly the TV's not you know incredibly heavy because it's 20 pounds, 55 inch TV, 20 pounds. It's not bad, right? So uh, inside this thing, there is this brick battery that you charge, and I think you get two of them. But it's supposed to give you a month's worth of streaming on that TV, uh, on that battery, which is why yeah. that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, it does the same old uh, streaming information over over the air. Uh, and if you notice, there's this little nub at the top. That's a camera. And the mm -hmm. camera, put, they didn't show off any, like, uh, FaceTime or um, video calls, which I think I actually love Facebook's... Um, Oh shoot! I don't. I love it, but I don't know the name of it. The Facebook has a uh, portal, so Facebook has a device that turns your TV into um, uh, a video conferencing tool, mm -hmm. and I love it. I think it's. I think it's awesome. There's awesome apps on it. It's like one of my favorite devices, but um, it's never. It hasn't really caught on. So the reason why they have a camera is because you can use hand gestures instead of a remote control, which is kind of, um, you know, feels like the future, right? This is the stuff that CES is born for, mm -hmm. to have cool 
noteworthy um, conversations about technology, not necessarily like actual things that we're going to buy necessarily. Uh, but this is kind of, uh, we're probably, CES is probably like three to five years ahead. Uh, we'll probably see a lot of this technology more mainstream in the future. So what else is new, new and noteworthy? Uh, laptops, double screen laptops. This looks like that. Um, the Lego movie. Have you ever seen Lego movie? And it's uh, no, I haven't. Emmett and the the main character. His like one amazing invention is uh, double double couch, the two story couch, the double decker couch. I think it calls it. Mm. Um, and it's so awkward. It's just like two couches on top of each other, and uh, that's what this looks like. It looks like there's a weird double decker monitor system. Um, lots of portable charging gadgets. We got pet gadgets. We got little robots. We've got IoT uh, cars. Cars are really interesting. EVs, obviously, the biggest um, showcaser out there at CES. Talking about um, Dodge, Dodge Ram having a, a fully electric vehicle. Of course, they're a little late to the game, uh, so not not new and noteworthy. But uh, the biggest car that was that was uh, talked about is the Sony and Honda. No. Yeah. Sony and Honda collaboration uh, to come out with the car called the Afila, which sound, which is easily the worst name for a car I've ever heard of. Um, just incredibly strange. Um, what we're looking at here is actually the BMW. Um, I think they call it the D. Um and uh, the BMW D is like it changes colors and it lights up and it's really weird. So let's let's look at Afila and look at how it's just a weird car. Like, why do you want Sony stuff in the car? I don't really understand. Um, those look futuristic. Um, those wheels look hideous. BMW D. Oh, I did this before. Changing colors. Look at this crazy thing. So you can change it dynamically. The the coding on the car is like actually like a uh, like a chromatic chromatic. I don't know what the word is. It's like some sort of display that can yeah. change diodes and colors. Um, so you can Amazing. go from rainbow to checkers, or uh, you can have a white car and then rob a bank and then steal and then change your car to blue or something. I don't know. Uh, whatever you want to do. I mean, if you were on the bank right now, I don't think there's many of those out there. So, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, but they won't know that it's your car, right? Um, unless, I guess, they know the shape of your car. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so that's CES. Lots of fun stuff uh, to to oogle and awe. And uh, by the time of recording this, um, Apple actually just released some of their newest. Um, Macs and uh, laptops, uh, MacBook Pro and the Apple, the Mac Mini, which is the a small desktop. Uh, I have one here somewhere, um, but it's like maybe an inch and a half tall. Uh, Wait, you bought it? A square. No, I have a, an old version of a Mac Mini. Oh. They just upgraded it with a new Apple Silicon, uh, the M2 chips and the M2 Pro Max chips or whatever it's called now. So there's two versions of it and the, the low version of it, the small version of it is actually only is uh, under $600, 599, which is one of the most affordable computers that you can have. And if you already have a lot, if you already have a monitor, it's just a really cool, um, it's a really great way to extend and, and get 
kind of the best that Mac has to offer. Really, really low price point. So um, highly recommend that. All right. Uh, for our nonprofit friends out there, this could be really big news. Uh, Amazon Smile program is actually sunsetting after 10 years. Um, we have a couple nonprofits uh, in our group even that I know uses Amazon Smile. I don't know what this did was everybody who used uh, a nonprofit's link, they would take a percentage of every sale that came in through Amazon and gave it to that nonprofit. Um, and, you know, over the course of, uh, I don't know, uh, years, I mean, over the course of the year for a small nonprofit, like I know we were contributing every time I use Amazon, I would be using a specific uh, nonprofit, the one I sit on the board for, and it's a few thousand dollars, I think, um, over the over the course of time. So uh, kind of sad that this is going away. Amazon saying that they're going to still contribute to nonprofits, but certainly not as much. Um, I think over the years they've they've uh, donated a quarter billion dollars um, out. Yeah, to whoa, um, seventy three million, something like that. Oh yeah. Do they say why they're sunsetting it? Probably to save money. <laughs> Probably because people use the link all the time and. It's revenue that they don't need to give to to nonprofits. That's probably one of the big reasons. Uh, there's probably other ways, you know, that they can uh, reward people, um, cutting a little bit from a lot of people, saving some dollars here and there. I think everybody's trying to do that in this economy. Next up, we've got uh, Google relaxing a ban on CBD advertising. So this is really interesting for a long time. You'll probably, uh, you, you may not think about this all the time, but as marketers and as a marketing agency, we think about this constantly. What can you advertise on Google and what can you advertise on social? Um, this makes sense probably that you can't advertise anything that you want right there. You can't advertise, um, usually can't advertise, uh, drugs. You can't advertise, uh, porn. You can't advertise, um, uh, lewd items. I mean, there's all sorts of things that, that you're not able to, to advertise on, uh, on Google and CBD was kind of in this gray area, right? The, the CBD lobby would always say, well, you know, there's nothing, uh, CBD is not really a drug, you know, it's derived from, uh, marijuana, but it's not, um, it's not addictive. It's just medicinal. So, um, Google's relaxing the ban, but you also see social media today. Um, talking about allowing, uh, I don't know if you know this, freeing the nipple, freeing the, uh, do, allowing a little bit more um, uh, ability content to be, um, to be advertised and to be shared. It's kind of, a, it's kind of big news because the, these organizations were the gatekeepers of what is um, societally acceptable, really. And they're loosening uh, some of the, the restrictions and boundaries on, the, on that. One of the reasons probably, and if you're going to ask why they're doing that, probably also money, right? Um, can you imagine how much more money they'll make if they allow you know, companies to spend advertising on CBD? Were you going to ask that? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I wasn't thinking of it this time, but yeah, money makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's always about the money in some form or fashion. Uh, one of my favorite tools of all time, Edna knows how much I love ChatGPT. Uh, they <laughs> They had sent out, um, they recently released some news that talks about ChatGPT 
uh, pro being available to individuals. And this is a paid version of the popular tool. If you don't know about ChatGPT, you're living under a rock. This is the most amazing AI text generation tool that I've ever used in my life. It's one of the it's one of those uh, rare moments in life when I see a product and I literally my jaw drops and I'm like, wow, this is going to change the game. Um, I thought that when I saw the when I saw Tesla's autopilot, um, I saw that when I saw the iPhone, right? ChatGPT is on a massive, massive level like that. What it can do is incredible. And uh, let's put on a list somewhere. We should come up with like a course, like a um, like a how to use ChatGPT well. Um, mm-hmm. And you've heard it here. I th- I had a conversation with my brother who's a neuroscience PhD, and he's always on the latest of, of tech. He told me about prompt engineering about a year ago, um, even before ChatGPT, uh, when we were talking about um, uh, Dolly and Midjourney and um, AI-driven uh, content creation. And he told me about this kind of new new wave of prompt engineering. And that term is trending now because it's so popular. I brought it up to this group, this mastermind group, uh, sometime last year, and uh, I had never heard of it. Um, so when my brother told me about that, started to talk about a lot, certainly to uh, to our clients and to, to the space. So yeah, um, prompt engineering, chat GPT, really cool. Okay, besides that, now... Uh, it's it's been a free tool for a long time, still free, but there's a pro version coming out and there's some interesting things that are new about the pro version. Uh, you should check out this Mashable article. Happy to um, uh, accompany this video somewhere um, where you can see it here. It's um, by Mashable. ChatGPT Pro, I think they were piloting at $42. I'm on the beta um, to, to trial this because you get responses faster. You can use it. You get ahead in line. It's con- It's used so much that you're likely to get blocked um, and not be able to use it. So being able to pay for it is welcome for someone like me. So if you and pay then, for it, you don't have to wait in line like for the servers. I think you get bumped up. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. can't stop their servers from, from being, you know, not available, but um yeah, I think you get bumped up, and so you're you're probably going to be able to use it more often. Yeah, would you pay forty two dollars? Is that right amount? Do you think it's low or high? Um, <clears throat> I think I would pay it just because of all of the potential that the tool has. Hmm. Um, but it's kind of high, I have to say. Like, especially for a beta version, usually people like go like down, but maybe they're yep. saying that huge value so they're like we're going big from the beginning and i guess people are buying into it i don't know exactly what the yeah i secretly don't want a lot of people to hear what i'm about to say but that is so cheap (laughs) in my opinion 42 dollars is oh my gosh i i'm like thinking about what i would pay for chat gpt honestly like i have no thousands of dollars a month i don't know it does so much um yeah it's an incredible tool all right uh some laws are changing uh more laws here the ftc ftc the federal trade commission uh and this is on their website so you know this is true they propose a ban to uh propose a rule to ban non-compete clauses that's crazy 
So we've, uh, we've businesses have used non-competes for a long time. They don't hold up so well in court. So it's not totally surprising that they're trying to get rid of non-competes. Uh, but this totally changes the game for contractors, for employees, contractors working with, you know, agencies like us or uh, organizations or um, <clears throat> agencies, even working with companies a lot of uh, back in the day, we probably signed maybe two, three, four, five um, contracts where we said, yeah, we're not going to compete with anybody else in your industry. Well, you can't force us to do that anymore uh, because non-competes are not going to be a thing potentially. Um, so this could um, increase earnings by up to $300 billion a year. If there's uh, This has kind of caused a wall of work to happen. And so bad for the economy in that way, right? So uh, one of the things that the FTC is, I don't know how they measure this, but uh, they're anticipating that potentially uh, this could increase lots and lots of revenue for individuals, especially for small contractors who are more suppressed by those non-competes. And that is it Um, for news. Period. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so this is usually the time where we transition to uh, teaching. I wanted to end with um, uh, one new but old concept that is making its rounds as an important concept for specifically for SEO, uh, in particular search engine optimization. So that concept is EAT. EAT stands for expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Uh, and this idea of EAT. Uh, this great article by ICM Rush, which is a, a really awesome uh, SEO tool. The idea here is that you want your content to be constantly um, accompanied by the most authoritative person that it can be, right? So, um, for instance, if you have somebody who has uh, is a PhD and written many books and they've written a blog, you want to make sure that their name is attached to that blog post, right? Because they're, that blog post is likely to, more likely to get ranked higher because of that authoritativeness. And if, you, if you've if read uh, articles, you probably, uh, probably just looked at a bunch of articles like this. Um, but if you read an article out there, you'll see at the bottom, uh, typically it'll show you uh, who it's written by, Um and it sh- it'll sometimes tell you who that person is. It's like, this is, you know, written by, um, you know, Kate Smith. And Kate is the uh, award-winning journalist at blah, 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 blah. And she's written articles for X, Y, Z. And then it, every blog post ends with that. Well, that's kind of what you should do too, even as a company or as an organization. You should have a little bio, maybe even uh, this gives the argument to have most of your blog posts written by the most senior person in your company, right? For small companies, it's probably going to be one person. In our company, it's probably going to be me. Um, and uh, we can put my bio at the end kind of as a signature for for a lot of this content. Makes sense, right? So um, that is the EAT strategy. Uh, love to, happy to workshop this with, uh, with any of you, especially if you're in the uh, strategist program. Happy to uh, talk about this in our in our next meetings. Um, if you have questions about this, bring it up in our, in our next mastermind groups. All right. And that is it. Uh, or one last thing. Uh, I wanted to go through predictions of um, for 2023. And Edna, this is like a quick, I'm going to read these quick. I'm going to go through 20 of these. Give me mm-hmm. your 
score one to 10, your like uh, of likelihood that this is going to happen, right? 10 is like, absolutely. It's going to, it's a must. This is definitely going to happen. One is like, absolutely not. So Edna, very smart. Um, we're going to get Edna's predictions on 2023. <laughs> All right, ready? Here we go. So number one, the economy will grow at 0.5 to 1%, talking about US economy, uh, at a 0.5 to 1% pace, a drop from 1.5 to 2% in 2022, and there will be a mild recession near the end of the year, says JP Morgan. That was their prediction. Edna, what do you think? Mm, seven? Seven. All right, you heard it here. You can blame Edna if the economy <laughs> starts to tank in a recession. I'm just kidding. Um, Disney will spin off ABC and ESPN. Disney, massive conglomerate, lots of different subsidiaries. How likely do you think that is? Eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I don't know much about the um, the subsidiaries themselves, but spinning them off could create a little bit more revenue for Disney, a little bit more focus. So um, yeah, I'm with you there. Media will untether from Twitter. So I think this has to do with Elon Musk taking over Twitter and the idea that right now, lots of news syndications happen on Twitter because it's the most real time people are following it. It's the easiest way. It's like, that's where that kind of news goes. Um, Yeah. What do you think? Media untethering from Twitter. Mm, I'm going to say four. Yeah. So you're, you're bullish on Twitter. I mean, I, I was going to say five because I think it could go either way. But I think Twitter already is like so well positioned that that's why I put like a four. I think yeah. it might not. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I think uh, I think people are blowing uh, Twitter. They are underestimating what Twitter can do under the leadership of Elon Musk, in my opinion. Bitcoin will decline to 5K. I know nothing about Bitcoin, so I'm just going to say five. <laughs> I think this is low. Bitcoin's already gone up. Uh, it's seen a little bit of a rally. Uh, will it slide all the way down to 5K? That would be tremendously bad uh, if it does that. It's at currently, I think, around 20K. So, um, yeah, knock on wood. Let's see Bitcoin uh, improve. We had predictions early in 2022 that Bitcoin would reach 100K. So um, we had a couple, I think there's a couple really solid investors out there that say Bitcoin will reach a million by, I don't know, some point. So um, did it reach 100K in 2022? Definitely not. No, it, uh, it's been sliding for quite a bit uh, since 2021, November 2021. It's been, we've had a rough year in 2022. We had two or three major collapses of uh, cryptocurrency uh, you know, Sam Bank, SPF, Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, NFTX implosion, as well as the uh, terror implosion. Uh, there's There's been too many of them. So yeah, we're in recovery zone right now. All right, inflation will decline 4 to 5% by May, but it'll take much longer to bring it down to 2 to 3%. Hmm. These economic ones are killing me. I'm going to say... <laughs> Four. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really know the difference either of the inflation. Like, what is the point? Uh, inflation increasing or decreasing a point 
mean to me uh that's kind of cool uh article though and uh, we should probably think of for our financial advisory clients and people who are in that market um uh, I, I have huge question marks about what is what does that mean you know for my day-to-day that's true good question six big brands will begin to push startups out of the cannabis industry big brands will begin to push startups out of the cannabis yeah so um, yeah I don't understand what this means. Um, I think it means that brands like Marlboro, which is like a major tobacco manufacturer, mm-hmm. will just come out with a cannabis brand because it's more legalized and it makes mm-hmm. more economic sense now. And they'll just wind up destroying. <laughs> okay. I can see that being very plausible. So I'm going to go with an like seven, eight. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Big brands just are so slow to move and they're so risk adverse. Um, I mean, even, even with cannabis being so widely adopted, I think this is, uh, this is riskier. So I'm going to go one step lower at six or so. All right. Seven, most self-order kiosk restaurants will be placed by mobile ordering apps. Nation's restaurant news. I would have believed you more if it said like people would be replaced by. Mm, You think so? Have you Could a machine being replaced by another, in this case, an app? Yeah, I saw this. Uh, I saw this article about somewhere in the Midwest. There was the first unmanned McDonald's. So you can mm-hmm. you can order, um, you can drive. Oh, you can drive through order, and the and the machines will cook the food also and hand it to you out the window. It's like no people in this building. Oh, wow. Um, which sounds a little scary. Um, so I think that reality is a little farther away or further away than we think. Um, but do people make the food or everything's made by machine? No, I think in that building, in that particular, I think that was like for newsworthiness, right? It was like PR. Okay, yeah. um, but most self-order kiosks and restaurants will be replaced by mobile ordering apps. Um, what I think this is mostly talking about is like, if you've been to McDonald's where there's that big giant touch screen and mm-hmm. you're ordering by yourself, no one uses those. Um, when I go to when I go to McDonald's and I, you know, I see like four of them lined up. There's like a line for the register, and there's no nobody at those machines. But mobile, because uh, one they're gross, right? Um, <laughs> everybody's like touching them, and I don't know. Not that my phone is any cleaner, but I'd rather you know I'd rather be kind of uh, your own germs more. than someone else's. Yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> so imagine like one giant phone that is so dirty that everybody's touching, and it's you don't know the UI of that, and so like you don't use it all the time, and like I'm always mm-hmm. confused like where things are going. So you have to be a UI UX master to create something like, along those lines. So uh, I like this. Uh, Self ordering kiosks were a bad. Um, bad investment or bad uh, guess at what people want. So I don't know if those are going to stay. Number eight, the S&P 500 will decline in what is the first negative uh, aggregate prediction tracked by Bloomberg since at least 1999. Over the course of the year. Uh, It's really interesting. The S&P has pretty much grown steadily for many years. Um, But yeah. Um, there's lots of talk around sea change. There's lots, lots of talk around, um, yeah, um, how the economy can't necessarily grow like that forever. So 
it would be a bummer, but corrections happen, right? Nothing to add, no financial analysis. It's a fly for me because, yeah, I'm a big question mark. <laughs> yeah, me, uh, me too. I have no, no real, that's not my forte, but um, that would be interesting if it's in uh, a gr- uh, aggregate decline. The stock market will improve after an early sell-off. You mean people like selling off their stock? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm, yeah, that usually happens. I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Seven. Um, and then it might go back down. I don't know. Um, who, who knows? Like that's that's that world that we live in. And who is this? An aggregation of strategists tracked by TKR. I don't know who that who that is. All right, last one. Real estate will be a nobody's market with high price homes and limited options. Wild. I've never heard of a nobody's market. Yeah. It's not a seller's market. It's not a buyer's market. It's a nobody's market. Homes are priced too high, limited options. Um, yeah, I think home prices will need to drop even with um, the rates being uh, a little bit higher. I don't know if it's going to stay like that the whole year, though. That would be wild. If it did. All right. Those are the 10 predictions. If you want to see the rest, hear about the rest, keep subscribing. We'll keep posting these and uh, get it out there in our social channels and talk about them in our next mastermind groups. That's it.